Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Really? You're going to show me acts of service? I will fuck your brains out. Welcome to Manic Rambling Spiral. I'm John R. Bray. And I am Heather B. Armstrong. And today, we're going to talk about moms and Mother's Day, but moms primarily. Moms. I think I've done this before. I think I've made fun of the way that you, yeah, moms. Yeah. I'm from the Midwest. We've covered that. (laughs) I just embrace it. (laughs) And already my dog has barked. Okay. I actually heard it, so that's you that did hear the dog pretty loud. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna apologize if my I am bundled up in my largest coat and a sweatshirt and a blanket uh, in my cold basement. It's still, I mean, it's gonna be relative. It's gonna be roughly seventy degrees today, but it takes a little while to warm up here in Salt Lake. And I just returned from. A Mother's Day related, a mom's related trip to San Francisco. Mom's, where, where it was beautiful, I'm sure. It was unseasonably warm. Um, very, 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 very hot, in fact. And uh, <laughs> I loved it. I absolutely loved it. No one has air conditioning. Um, and I was having to wear. I was having to wear fancy clothes and put on a lot of makeup and do my hair. And when there's no air conditioning and you have to curl your hair and put on foundation. Because <laughs> I'm a fancy mom. Because I'm a fancy mom. I was a fancy mom. It was, it was uncomfortable because I had come from snow and I went to the, immediately to that climate. And now I'm back in my basement bundled up like a little like I'm like a cold little bunny <laughs> like a cold little bunny yeah. there we go it's the extreme of my week but yeah it was so hot in San Francisco and everywhere I went people were like can you believe it can you believe it can you believe this like everybody was talking about the weather everybody well what's I mean was it like in the 80s I haven't been paying it was attention. like in the high 80s which is Holy just good lord and it was not a cloud in the sky it was gorgeous. Like, I couldn't have asked for a better welcome, except for the fact that there was no air conditioning anywhere. So, But high 80s is like unseasonably warm for every season out there. Yeah. That's just warm in general. And San Francisco is not built for that, you know. No. In fact, I went to a fundraising lunch for Every Mother Counts. Um, I'm still on the board of this nonprofit. They do fine and excellent and life-saving maternal health work around the world. And every year they have two fundraising lunches around Mother's Day, one in San Francisco and one in New York. The one in San Francisco is easier for me to travel to. And they had it at this venue in what's called the Dog Dog Patch District. Have you heard of that? I have not. A beautiful venue. There were 200 people there. You know, the day before I was help, I had to go to a board meeting and I'm helping stuff, gift bags, and I'm helping, you know, put some things together. And so I got to see the space and I show up the next day in my dress, sweating like a crazy maniac because I, I'm used to going to San Francisco and being cold, just period. And I'm wearing black, a black dress and, and black tights. And I walk in and people are like, Where, why are you dressed like that? <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> The air conditioning had gone out in the building. Oh. Yeah, they had to call in an emergency crew, like an emergency, emergency crew to fix, because there were going to be 200 people packed in like sardines eating lunch. In suits and dresses. In suits and and very fancy dresses. And yeah. And everybody was just like, who knew? Who knew that it was going to be like this in San Francisco? Like every single conversation in San Francisco I had was about the weather, which is interesting because... 
the whole climate, you know, march happened this the weekend before, I believe. Right. Yeah. Wow. Well, but the event, though, the fundraiser went swimmingly. The fundraiser went really well. Yeah. I mean, the room is filled with a, an assortment of different types of people. Most of them have a lot of money to come to a fundraising lunch and they have a lot of money to give. So not all of them were moms, but we had um, a doctor and an obstetrician from Massachusetts. He got up and talked about his story and he talked about the C-section rate in the United States and how it's the highest in the developing world and how postnatal care is the worst in the United States. It's the worst in the developing world. And then we had a doctor whom I actually have seen the the clinic in Tanzania, a doctor who um, serves 17,000 patients a year. Holy shit. 17,000 patients a year in a facility that's, you know, not much bigger than (laughs) the house that I live in now. You know, it's it's a state-of-the-art facility and... Um, Every Mother Counts has given them about 300,000 in grants over the last two years. But the stories that they told and, you know, he, he, he talks about one woman who was walking to the clinic who got almost, she, she was attacked by um, a bull as she was walking to the clinic. It almost killed her. And so not only did they have to deliver the baby, they had to repair her body from being gored by an animal yeah in a tiny facility that sees hundreds of people a day yes hundreds of people a day who like know the doctor he's he told me when i actually introduced him to the room his name is they call him dr frank and he's like just get up and say you were walking through africa and you saw this giant fat bald white dude (laughs) and he said i'll be fine with that introduction but they all know him as Dr. Frank, and he, he, has, he sold everything that he has in life, he and his wife. They sold their house. They sold every possession that they had, and they went to Tanzania, and they opened this clinic because there was no clinic serving that amount of people. So there was nothing there, and now he sees 17,000 people a year. Yeah, that was in 2014. That was the number. And I actually talked to his wife And I was there in 2015, and she said, oh, my gosh, you have to come back. So much has changed. And I said, what do you mean? She said, oh, we've grown by 134% since then. Oh, my God. Which means who knows how many patients a year they're seeing now. And everybody in the room was like, I think I need to sell all of my possessions right now and go do something worthwhile. It was that his speech was that inspiring. So I think the the lunch was meaningful and, and good. It was worth it. Very worthwhile. When I came home, I came home, I got home late last night. Uh, my my mother was watching my children while I was gone. And I, I walked downstairs to my bedroom and on my bedroom door are two posters that my children had designed for me. Um, saying, mom, I love you this much. And mom, you're the best mom in the world. And all these little sayings and Grandmommy made me write this. I love BYU more than I love the University of Utah, but I still love you more. <laughs> Grandmommy but, made me write this? Is yes. that really on there? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and it made me realize, and you can probably speak to this from a father and Father's Day perspective, but like I don't get Mother's Day gifts from my kids because no one is... No one is there to remind them like, hey, you need to give your, you need to, you know, say thank you to your mom on Mother's Day or, you know, do something special. And it's like my mother sort of stood in for that while I was gone to be like, you know, I'm not going to, she and I may not be together on Mother's Day and she had my kids do something special for me. And it was nice for somebody to have my back in that way. Like my kids don't get me birthday presents I actually don't see my kids on my birthday because they're in New York on my birthday. So they do nothing for you for that. No. Which makes sense as kids. I mean, I get it. Yeah. But But I, I think as, you know, approaching Mother's Day and approaching Father's Day as, as a single mom, a full-time single mom with, you know, the parent on the other side of the country, like there isn't a stand-in person to say, hey, kids, let's do this special thing for your mom. And that's, it's not weird. It's just a... It's something that I gave up when I got a divorce. You know, I don't get Christmas presents from my kids. So 
And not that I need Christmas presents from my kids. It's just an element of a family dynamic that doesn't exist in mine right. that I gave up. Yeah. Well, and I, but I don't even think, I don't know if you saying you gave it up is even the right approach because it doesn't have to be that way. Like I know I realize he's across the country, but you could still coordinate something. I mean, talk to them on the phone and say, maybe she'd like this and then order it and have it shipped. It's not the same as whatever. I don't know. I just, I feel like something has to be done. I mean, granted, my Heather lives close, but Lexton gets her something for Mother's Day and her birthday and Christmas. Mm -hmm. Almost never because he remembers. But I know, and I say, you know, Mother's Day is coming up. You should, you should do something for mom. I don't, it just feel. it seems like the thing to do. He may think that it's not his responsibility anymore because he has another relationship. And, you know, I actually sent him something for Father's Day or had the kids send him something for Father's Day a couple of years ago. I, I, there's a dynamic there that I don't want to step on because I know that his girlfriend takes care of that. Like, I know that she asked my kids, like, what do you want to get your dad for his birthday? What do you want to get him for Christmas? And I don't want to step on that dynamic at all. Um, and I don't want to, I don't want her to think, well, he needs to know that, you know, they're getting the, these gifts because I told them to get him. Like, I don't want that. And so it's been a strange thing these last two years of how much do I encourage my kids on those days for him? I don't, I, you know, I sort of play it by ear. Like, has Liz asked you to get something for your dad? Let's do something for your dad. Okay. So that's the approach that you take to mm -hmm. see if she's already on it. Yeah. It's a, I don't want to interfere in their dynamic. Interesting. You know, he, he, he made it very, he made it very clear to me that they have, they approach holidays a certain way and they approach things a certain way. And I fully respect that they have their own system of things. And I want to respect that system because I want him to respect my stuff. I sort of remove myself when I can if it if it benefits what they have established. That makes sense. Yeah. I guess the only time that would change is, you know, if in two years, when Lita's old enough to think, oh, it's dad's birthday. Mm -hmm. He wants something. You know, if she comes to you about it, which would make a lot of sense, then you have to, you, you're going to be caught in this really weird middle ground, you know, where you don't want to send her to Liz. Oh, I wouldn't send her to Liz. No, I know. But you like you're. You know, I try to think of John's perspective. Like we we have our system, and that's fine, like you said. But it is a weird place to be. It is, a, yeah, it is a weird place to be. I mean, because I just remember growing up, either my dad or my mom, regardless, was it's Father's Day. We need to do something for your father. We need to do something for your father, or it's Mother's Day. We need to do something for your mom. Um, there was always that parental guidance in birthdays, Mother's Day, Christmas. There was always that happening. Yeah, it's been it's been interesting for me, you know. I which is which is why when I came home and there's these, these notes on my door, it's like it was very lovely. <laughs> and it, I mean, I completely broke down in tears. It was so lovely, such a lovely gesture on my mom's part to sit them down and say, "This is what we need to do." But my mother, my seriously, my mother has been a stand-in parent oh my God, like she has stepped in so many times. And so I'm trying to think of what I can do for her. Like, God, what do I do to like thank her for the magnitude of what she's done? Well, and maybe it's what you and Lita and Marlo do. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's oh, yeah, a we. Of course, I mean, it's a we thing. Yeah, for sure. Well, when you were growing up though, because how long have your mom and stepdad been together? Were they together when you were still a teenager? Oh yeah, they got married about... A year and a half after the divorce. So I was like 12 when they got married. Okay. Yeah. If your dad approached, you know, you and your sister and brother and said, we need to do something for your mom for Mother's Day, would your stepdad have been offended? No. But see. Okay. No. Like, but I, again, this is the, I, I aspired to my parents' divorce and I didn't get it. My dad and my stepdad have been getting along ever since the divorce. You know, the talking on the phone, we always invited to each other's birthdays sort of thing. Yeah. It's such a hard dynamic to... I mean, like you said, John and Liz have their thing. Like they, they have their system and their way of doing things. And I'm not criticizing that, but I feel like some of these issues kind of are above that. Yeah. Like, yeah, you respect it, but it's just, it's different. Or from, you know, maybe from his perspective to talk to you and say, Liz and I have it covered. But then in the back of his mind, also talk to 
Lita and Marlo about your birthday and Mother's Day. And I I don't know. Again, not not pointing fingers or criticizing, but maybe it is. Maybe I'm just kind of targeting some sort of weird ideal that only happens occasionally. <laughs> well, and I don't want I don't want to I don't want to people to think that I'm complaining about this either. I think there's a certain nostalgia that I have about this sort of thing because I don't have it anymore. And um, like, oh, I remember what it was like to get you know cards and little presents from my kids. And like last night when I saw it, it was like I. It was almost like gut punch, like, oh, I remember what that was like when I had somebody in my life who was reminding or having my kids do that for me, and I was doing it for them. Um, right. Yeah. That was that was all. And, and I actually wrote a, like a, a Mother's Day gift guide post on my website with some, you know, some links to products that actually benefit Every Mother Counts, but also some like some other ideas and I haven't even say like no, my kids aren't going to buy me any of this shit. Um, my kids are probably not going to do anything. I mean, on Mother's Day, I would love for somebody to make me breakfast in bed. I mean, that's not going to happen. Um, I would love for my kids to, I don't know, you know, there's all this, you know, when you're with someone, you you try to make it a special day for them in every way possible. Yeah. Last night when I saw those posters, it was like, oh, yeah, that... Those were good times. Like just the act of it was a good time. Kind of a bittersweet reminder of <laughs> a bittersweet <laughs> reminder of a bittersweet death. reminder of <laughs> yes. But I mean, and we've we've talked we about that though. Die. Like there, <laughs> there was good. Like there was yeah, there was there good. Was so good. it is that reminder of mm-hmm. of the good. So it's like it's great that your mom like totally awesome that she did that. But then there's also that pang of oh yeah, that's what this feels like. Oh yeah, that's what this feels like. Yeah, yeah. You, do you know you you felt this right? Oh yeah, it is a different dynamic because uh, I I guess maybe he's gotten me something for my birthday. He has. He might, but it was some. It was really. I, I'm trying Robert, to remember what it was last year. Robert oh, God, got no. you. Some... Fuck no. No. Oh no. Lexton. No Le- Lexton. <laughs> no. No. Right now. I would not have accepted that gift. How would Robert would have... afford to be able to get you anything for you? I'm sorry. That well, but was that's really the, honestly, that's the other Heather. thing. I'm sorry. That's, that's the other thing. Like, I could say, I'm going to leave it up to Robert to, to do this and, and work with Lexton and figure it out. But then from, from Heather's perspective, it's kind of like, oh, thank you, me. Because he that's the arrangement they have, which that's fine. That is their choice. It is what it is. But... I feel like because of that, and because I've never really gotten the impression that that's happening, that I have to step in and say, you know, it's it's Mother's Day. What would you like to get her? And I try, it's probably now more than in the past, whatever idea he comes up with, even if maybe in the back of my mind, I'm like, that's odd. I just go with it because it's what he wanted to get. I'm not going to do anything. So he suggests something and I say, fine. That's what we do. But I do remind him that, that the holiday is coming up and that he should do something. And and he's normally pretty thoughtful, actually. Yeah. So it works out. Yeah. I, I, we've talked about the five languages of love before, haven't we? I don't think so. Maybe. The five languages of love. I think that they are some. Okay. One of them is gift giving. One of them is time spent together. One of them is acts of service. One of them is physical, um, physical like physicality. Okay. I forget what the other one is. Someone's gonna. I'm gonna look it up right now. Okay, look it up right now. But you you kind of you take this like multi you, you take this multiple choice test and at the end it says you know your top language of love is sharing time or giving gifts. Like some people. Uh, okay. Some people like show love and feel loved when they get gifts and some people show love and feel loved when they are given an act of service or they give an act of service like i'm going to show this person i love them by mowing their yard okay or or unloading the dishwasher i'm going to show my wife i love her because i'm going to unload the dishwasher and i'm going to fold all the clothes while she you know she's going to come home from work and there's going to be a mess and i'm going to make sure that that's done 
and then she'll feel loved. And then there's the like, well, actually, I would just rather snuggle. And the, some people are like, I, if, if you would just hold me and hug me and love me and you know, like the physical touches, that's how people show love. Interesting. And it, and it's just one. It boils down to one. That's it boils down to like the, the top, like my, my like, like for me, like the the biggest way to show love is sharing time together. Like that to me is more than anything else is just being with someone. That is the language that I speak. And like at the very, 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 very bottom is giving gifts. Like I don't need a gift. I don't need a gift ever. You don't need to give me a gift. below lawn mowing? (laughs) Well, lawn mowing is an act of service. (laughs) (laughs) I would love someone to mow my yard. That would be amazing. Words of affirmation. That's the last one. Words of affirmation. Yeah. Yeah. Like you did, like you look beautiful or you were such an amazing writer or, you know, all those sorts of things. Right. I I think it's a really interesting way. um, There's been a lot of research about it, about showing like you figure out who you're with, like how they, what they appreciate most. And you sort of try to do as much as you can in that language to show them. And then they try to do as much in your language. And if you speak the same language, well then, you know. Perfect. Except that, except that I think I dated someone who spoke the same language and it was not good. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think it would be not good if the same language and, and quality time, like time together is probably on the top of my list too. But I feel like if you both share that, that can get a little suffocating. Right. Maybe I'm, I don't know. But is this, so this is like a quiz. Is this like a fifth date yeah. quiz? When do you actually like present the quiz? I, I don't, I don't know. Someone just told me about it and I was like, whoa, this totally makes sense because I've, I've had friends who give me gifts again and again and again. I'm like, why is this person giving me, sending me a present out of nowhere? Like just constantly giving me presents and, and I have no clue why they're sending me presents at all. Like, why is this person constantly sending me things in the mail. This doesn't make any sense. And when I saw that quiz, I was like, oh, that person is trying to tell me that they love me. Like they really appreciate me that like, this is their way of saying, Heather, I, you I really love you. And I didn't, it didn't even register with me until I saw that quiz. I was like, oh shit, man, that person was sending me gifts that whole time. <laughs> like <laughs> saying, thank you. <laughs> Interesting. Even if that's not how you show it, you're, you're are you supposed to just accept like accept the gifts and acknowledge what that message yes, is? Yeah. Or are they supposed to change and provide you with what you need? I think. Or is it compromise? I think, well, I think that you experience love and you show love in the language. So I may, like for me, showing love is sharing time. So I am showing it that way, which, and I and I want it that way. But then I, if I learn that the person is it like a gift giver, then you can learn to say, okay, this person, I, I should send this person something and that is going to make them feel loved. It's very simple, but it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I think if couples sat down and could like, in the, in, in like, let's take like one person and that says, seriously, if I come home or you come home from work and <laughs> you come home from work and I have been with the kids all day and you immediately want to have sex, like it's the last <laughs> thing. If you would come home and help me make dinner and help me unload the dishwasher and like get all of that done, I'm going to fuck your brains out. Like, (laughs) seriously, really? You're going to show me acts of service? I will fuck your brains out. Like, that's (laughs) kind of like... (laughs) That's the conversation you need to have. So it's probably a little later than fifth date, but somewhere, somewhere in there. (laughs) Like maybe in the fifth year when you're like seeking a divorce counselor, like... Right. Like, she, right. like the counselor's like, just could you unload the dishwasher? She's gonna suck your dick if you unload the oh dishwasher. <laughs> it's Happy that easy. Mother's Day. <laughs> oh God! All you gotta do is the dishwasher and the lawn, and you're set. But it's not. Yeah, like, somehow this. I don't know how we got here for Mother's Day, here, but shit. here we um, go. Hi, mom. Well, it's and it's not a gender specific thing, you know. It's not a like not all women want acts of service. I know plenty of women who are like, no, I just want to have my brains fucked out, right? <laughs> <laughs> P- 
plenty of women I know who are like, I don't care. I don't care that my house is messy. I just want some dick. And then, um, yes, I'm being very crass today. Sorry. <laughs> Perfect for a Mother's Day episode. We were you, getting you get really serious. You're a mom, there. so. I am a mom. I am it a mom. Works. But I think that you should, like, you should definitely look at it. And readers should definitely take a look at this quiz, the five languages of love and how, like, I look at all of my, like, friendships and whatnot. And I start to, I can start to see it, you know, and how people react or, or show me, you know, their friendship with me, the elements of it. It works in friendships. It works in, um, I mean, you can't really show acts of affection in terms of, like, a business relationship. But, it, but, but the dynamic... There's a dynamic there in business relationships that you can look to this quiz and see. You can see it's, it's very eye-opening. Right. I mean, outside of physical touch, I think it kind of applies. Yeah. You can actually, like, you could take the quiz right now on your phone. You can take the quiz right now on your phone. Right you now. You can. Like, think about it in terms of employment. Let's say, like, as a boss and you want to be as... Um, motivating as you can possibly be and you realize that certain individuals on your team really like you know being told that they're doing a good job that encourages them the the words of affirmation or members of your team really enjoy gift giving and so you you know here is a ten dollar gift card to Chili's because you met the goal last month and so what you do is you sort of like you speak all the languages of love that the, that your team members speak to encourage them to, to do it the best job that they can. Right. I mean, it just boils down to being in tune to what, what makes people feel good mm -hmm. in general. I mean, whether it's, like you said, a friendship or a relationship or whatever. Well, there was even an option. I was on the site on my phone, like to take this quiz, to have your child take the quiz or on behalf of your child to try to figure out. That dynamic between you and your kids, too. Yes. See, there's the tie-in with Mother's Day right there. Tie-in with Mother's Day. So I, I was going to get back to that. <laughs> but I got off on dick. Sorry. A little bit. Okay. A little bit. Um, no pun intended. So I think... <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah. If I, listen, I have been hanging out with a couple of friends in San Francisco for, the <laughs> for three days. <laughs> I'm a little rusty when it comes to being appropriate. Um I think my family, my family is not, we are not gift givers. We do not show, my family is a, is a family of sharing time and giving acts of service, like straight up and words of affirmation, lots of words of affirmation and gift giving has always been at the bottom for, you know, it's, it's I think it's probably why my mother and father had to encourage all, you know, like we got to give gifts. Oh God, here it comes. <laughs> yeah. I'm, that's kind of how I was raised too. I mean, we did gifts, but it, that wasn't, that wasn't the focus. Even now at holiday, you know, we'll get together for Christmas and gifts are for kids. Like we exchange for the kids, but mostly it's the family getting together and preparing meals together and drinking together and just being together. Mm -hmm. It's that time spent together. The time spent together. That, that to me, and I will, okay, I'm going to go ahead and admit this. I was in a relationship. Does it have to do with dick? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Okay. I'm going to get back on. I'm going to, I'm going to be appropriate. <laughs> um, I was in a relationship with someone who was a gift giver and loved to give gifts and in return, loved to receive them. And it got to be, it got to be a problem. Like it got to be a stumbling block because I would start to dread holidays because I knew that he was out looking for the most incredible thing to give me. And I was, I would have to do all this energy looking for the most incredible thing to get him. And it was exhausting because I'm not a natural gift giver. I'm much more into carving out time and, and let me do something like what, what can I help you with in your life rather than going to J crew and getting something for you. It became a, it became a, a problem because I would start to dread, I would start to dread Christmas. Isn't that terrible? That's, I nope, think that makes that me was a my terrible, entire relationship. I think that makes me a terrible person. No, 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 no. It, that was, yes. I, I've just been sitting here nodding because that was exactly, that was exactly the situation I was in. And I'm not criticizing it at all. That's no some people's thing. And as you were talking, I realized it's not so much that I'm not a gift giver, but I'm not a gift giver with like with a purpose, with a reason. I like to just do things 
for people. Mm -hmm. Not like I'm not sending gifts all the time to people, but rather than saying, oh, it's Christmas, I have to get you a gift. But, you know, it's September 16th and I thought to send you this or whatever, you know, something like that, that I'm fine with. But when the pressure of gift giving is there, it, it ruins it. Right. Especially when you know that the person you're giving the gift to is all about the gifts. Yes. Oh man. I, didn't, I thought I was the only one. No, I was like, how am I going to top the last time? I don't know how I'm going to top that one. <laughs> how do I top that last gift that I gave him? I don't know. I don't know how this works. I'm not good at this. And then you get stressed. And then even if you, you know, succeed and he loves the gift or she loves the gift, you've like <laughs> just destroyed yourself stressing out about it. Mm -hmm. There's gonna and be it, a this service. sounds really stupid, but it's, it's kind of unavoidable. There should be like a, an app. Like, are you in a relationship with a gift giver? Wah, wah. <laughs> Let us help you. <laughs> I wonder if there is like a languages of love. Like we can, we can work you through this. If this isn't, if yeah. this isn't your area, we can help. If there's not, and that person who wrote that is listening, they should do that. They should do that. I, I would definitely download that like app. I would pay like for that app. Like a personal person who goes into a relationship and says, okay, he's fill this out. This is his style profile. This is whatever. I'm going to I'm going to give you a list of things that you can do for the next three years in terms of giving this person gifts. And and I, you know, you hope that the other person doesn't find out <laughs> that you're using the service, but I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, and then like you start, like I was in a relationship with someone who, uh, so I actually can speak to this. So I was in a relationship with someone whose top act of love was sharing time. And so when, when they don't make the time, you realize, oh, things are starting to fizzle. Ah, hmm. uh, okay. Yeah, that's a good indication. Yeah, you're like, the act of love that he most enjoys and likes to show is fizzling. Okay, that's a, that's an indication. See, I didn't even think about it on that side. So if they love giving gifts and you stop getting gifts, that's a bad sign. Yeah. Well, it's a, just hmm. a sign that things may not work. Right. Yeah. Right, a bad sign for that relationship. Uh-huh. Huh. I feel like this is now something else to just subconsciously analyze. <laughs> I mean, it makes me think of all of my friendships or past relationships and like, what, what was their sign? What is their sign? Well, it did, like I said, it? It, it made me realize in the past I would get gifts in the mail and think, what is going on? Did I do something wrong? <laughs> Did I miss a holiday? Did I miss a holiday? And it's like, no, that person was just showing me love. Or somebody uh -huh. who wants to hang out all the time and get together all the time and come over. Their time, they want to show me love. They want to be around me. So you have to find a way to accept it. To accept it. But also it. balance it. Balance it and express yours. And like, this is what I need to be loved, to feel loved. I need less gifts, and then I will feel loved. Mm -hmm. I need to give you less <laughs> gifts. I don't want to shop for any more gifts, and then I will know that you love me. That's my number one language of love. I need to give love's gifts right now. <laughs> See, it's that easy. It's not what you do. It's what you don't do. Yeah. 
Oh my God. It was so stressful. It was so stressful. Every holiday would come up and I would literally just break out in hives. I was like, what am I going to do? <laughs> yeah. And you have to like, I remember the game planning months in advance because I knew, I knew it was going to be bad and it didn't matter how well I planned or what I did. It always came down to, you know, a week or two or three before Christmas and, I, and every year I was just like, oh, fuck it. Come on. Can we just, let's get to New Year's, get to the new year. I can't, I can't do this. I don't right. know what to do. I actually got in a really huge fight about it. I remember this now. About Christmas gift giving? Yeah. Because oh, I was wow. like, you need to make me, a, you need to make, like, give, make me a list and give me an idea of, you know, what I can possibly do. Because I have, I have nothing to go on. I need you to give me a list. And he did not find that romantic at all. So you had to just totally come up with something? Yeah. And I, you know, oh, you know, I mentioned like, you know, I'm, I'm a little stressed out about this. And, and then I was, and then I was lectured on the fact that, so not only was it not romantic to ask for a list, I was then lectured on the fact that being stressed out about it um, was, was not romantic either. And that I should want to do this. I should want to go out and do the hard work of finding a gift for the person that I love. And that because I didn't want to was indicative that I didn't love the person enough. And this whole fucking situation, this whole discussion would have been helpful at the time <laughs> had I known about the languages of love. But that's where it comes down to that compromise. Like if that's his language and it's not yours, I don't think that means that it won't work, but you both have to be willing to say, you know, okay, I, I hate shopping for gifts, but I can do it a little bit. But you also have to know that I fucking hate shopping for gifts and I'm Just, probably going to suck at it. Yeah. You're like, I'm terrible. Like I'm really, really bad. Like help me out. Help me be a better gift giver. Help me. What do you need? What do you love? You know, like you tell me that you, let, let's say you, I give me something that I can engrave. And I'll go engrave something like, you know, <laughs> I'll at least put a funny phrase on it or a meaningful phrase or something. Like, give me something to go on. Monogram towels. Mm -hmm. You should have just done so, a different set of monogram so towels. So romantic. Here is a towel with your initial on it. But if it's in a scrolly font, you should be fine. Mm -hmm. A scrolly font. <laughs> I am a designer, as we all know. A scrolly font. I'm sorry. That must have just irked you, but it's the best I got. Well, no, and even though my mom isn't a big gift giver or she, she hates getting gifts too, like I really think it's important this year, especially to really give her something meaningful. So I'm a little stressed out about it. Not, and I don't resent it at all. I'm just stressed out because she deserves something really, really special. And um, so I'm actively thinking, and I don't have a lot of time left uh, about what to give her to say, I love you and we love you. And, um, Thanks for being a stand-in parent. Thank you. <laughs> Can you give her an experience rather than a thing? I have zero ideas. I'm just throwing that general. She would, thing yeah, out there. that's a really good. That's a really good idea. She's much more into experiences as well. Um, you know, she retired early to spend time with her grandchildren. That's why she retired. Yeah, well, I mean, there were a lot of reasons why. I mean, she was getting to the age, but like she could have worked for another 10 years. And she realized oh, wow. she had this limited amount of time to spend with the grandkids. And so that's what she, that that's how, yeah, she, she retired to spend time with grandchildren. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a gift giver. I don't really care to get gifts. I, I like them. I appreciate them. But I always feel like when someone gets you a gift and it feels like that gift, I really needed to get you something nice. So I did this, bought this really expensive, whatever, or did this, whatever. I always just wish they had done something. Not, not that I'm ungrateful, but just, you know, take me out to dinner. Like, let's do something together where we can spend time together. And maybe that's because that's, that's what I value more is the time. But I feel like the experience rather than suffering through the gift, I, I think some people just assume that gifts are the way to show love. Yes. Is what I'm saying. Even though they might not think of gifts as, as a sign of love. They just assume that people do maybe. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, but I just clearly, clearly that's not what I value. So that's right. why I suggested the experience. Yeah. Yeah. She would absolutely. Yeah. You're That's a very good, very, very good idea. So and you've still got like a week and a, almost a week and a half. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I need nothing else to do. So just. <laughs> I need a, I have nothing else to do. Yeah. Nothing else to do. I need a service. I need a service. <laughs> well, you have a week and a half to start a service and then use it. Yeah. See? That's what you need. Start another business. <laughs> oh, dear God. Dear God. How is that going, by the way? Your your website relaunch? Uh, yeah, I... Um... I don't know if we've talked about that, but the writing is fucking great, so we probably should. <laughs> Thank you. It is. It's very... It's... There is... I was just reading one. I don't remember... God, two days ago... I think it was the one with a picture of Marlo, like it, it just a couple days ago. And you always have at least one line where I read these alone in my house during the day when no one else is here. And I, without fail, bust out laughing <laughs> at least once every single, You're every single time. Very, very, very kind. You're very kind. I'm going to look it up. I wrote that I was uh, sitting in San Francisco in my friend's studio with her 12 employees. And I'm, I said, yeah, I got to get some work done. Do you have some Wi-Fi? It was like 89 degrees in that place. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. Indoors. Yes. Hell no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was like, I really wanted to write this down. So about the Easter it, it candy. It is that post. Yes. Yeah. That's the one. This was this, you said, I don't buy my kids candy. Once your kids know they're loved, they try to take advantage of all sorts of shit. Duh. I, I just started laughing so hard at that because it's true and that's it's very much in your voice so, so for I, anyone who doesn't know that that <laughs> deuce.com got a relaunch it did and the writing is fucking great so take a minute okay so read it thank you I, and, and and to that point and to that line i wanted to come back to writing and i wanted to be one of the things that i wish i had done earlier on in my writing is be less defensive I was talking with somebody in San Francisco over dinner the other night and he was just like, you know what? Cause he has a pretty really, really, really intense job, very high up at a, a very up and coming company. And he's in charge of so many people. And he's just like, fuck it. If I come across as terse or angry, I don't really care that anybody thinks that about me because I have so much to get done. And his time is like every single minute of his day is completely scheduled out. So if he's looking something over and he says, good, good job. And someone, someone interprets that as him being mean or terse, he doesn't care. He's like, that was not my intention. But if they receive it that way, then that's just them. I have other shit to do. And he's like, you know what? You're 45 to 50% of the time, you're going to be misunderstood. That's just fucking life. And he's like, I'm 47 years old. It took me 45 years to get here, but this is where I am. And it's fucking glorious. <laughs> and I wish that I had gotten to that point earlier on and not been so just frustrated by being misunderstood constantly. You know, just like this portion of people are going to constantly misread what I write or they're going to read something into it. Like she's complaining again, or I can't believe she treats her kids this way or you know, Heather is this and Heather is that, blah, 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 which I'm sure that the, you know, review section on Apple for this podcast is filled with all of these comments. Oh, yeah. But there's sometimes, sometimes my writing comes out when I'm thinking about the misinterpretations. You know, I'm thinking, okay, I don't buy my kids candy, which literally I was writing the sentence and I thought, I'm going to say that and I'm going to get email that says, seriously, you don't buy your children candy. Seriously. You really don't buy your children candy. Right. Or emails that say, well, I buy my kids candy. Are you telling me that I'm bad? Right. Yeah. And like I, and I thought about that immediately. And so the next portion of the sentence just came out of my brain. Like in reaction to, I know what the feedback is going to be about those four words that I just wrote. I don't buy my kids candy. Excuse me. Six words. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I'm... You know, I'm much better at handling and like, I know that there's people talking and going, oh God, she said she was retiring. Why doesn't she just go away already? And I know that there's this segment who is still going to misinterpret everything that I'm saying. I'm trying to be less reactive to it um, in general, but I think that a lot of my writing is inspired by some of the misinterpretations that I know are going to happen by exploiting those. 
Well, I mean, you've been dealing with misinterpretations for, you know, 15 plus years. 16 plus 16 years. 16 plus years. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, should, I should have known that. <laughs> that then extra you have, year was a long year. <laughs> <laughs> but then you have this just like this constant, which isn't necessarily great, but it can be inspirational. This constant voice in the back of your head that's already nagging you for things that haven't even been nagged yet. Mm -hmm. So then you're taking this preemptive approach and it's fueling what you write, which is awesome. But I like ridiculous to get nagged, but you know, that is an entire different topic. I liked what my friend had to say. He's like, you know, it took me 45 years to get here. I don't care that that person thinks that I'm terse or mad. It doesn't matter. It doesn't affect the rest of what is important to me. And, um, and it's true. It's true. He's like, seriously, 45% of the time you're going to be misinterpreted or misread or misjudged. It's just fucking life. It's not the worst thing that's ever going to happen to you. It's a really good way to live, I think. Well, it saves you a lot of energy. It saves you a lot of energy. Energy yeah. that's not even, because most of the time when you try to correct that, it takes a ton of time and energy and doesn't even result in anything. Mm -hmm. So it's completely wasted. So I'm reading a book called You Are a Badass. Have you heard of this book? I have not. By Jen Sincero. Um, it has been recommended to me by at least a dozen people. We talked about the book last week. Oh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Yes. The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. I actually recommended that book. This is sort of a self-help book along the same line of things. She's been, it's, it, I didn't want to read it because I was like, I don't like the title. That, you know, You Are a Badass. <laughs> <laughs> sorry but actually i was misinterpreting the way she was saying it see i misinterpreted her because i read like the first i read the introduction and i was like oh oh i get it so she has done the whole self-help thing and she's just like listen you know a lot of it is bullshit and a lot of it is crazy and i have done all of it for you so you don't have to go do any of the stupid shit and she's like i'm gonna distill it for you so that you don't have to waste years of your life in a yoga pose that you don't understand so here are some basic things to get you out of the rut that you're in. And people are, it, it basically is people are going to misinterpret you and their interpretation of you has nothing to do with your interpretation of yourself. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, which is, I mean, not letting other people define you. And so much of what holds us back is this really skewed interpretation of our, of, of ourselves that we tell ourselves. And um, she's just like, you got you to gotta rewrite the script in your head about how you talk to yourself about yourself. How you talk to yourself about yourself. Okay. Mm -hmm. I've done a little bit of self-help in, in my... In my <laughs> <laughs> I've done a little bit. Um, one of the greatest things I ever heard was you would not talk to your best friend. And if your best friend were in this situation, what would you say to your best friend? You would never talk to your best friend like you're talking to yourself. Well, you'd certainly hope not, yeah. You'd certainly hope not. <laughs> it's like, would you say it in front of your mom is the, mm -hmm. the same as that. Well, and it's just about being your best friend. You need to be your best friend. It's a book I recommend. I haven't finished it, but I'm almost, it's a very quick read. Highlights everywhere and galore. And I'm putting, I'm, I'm writing inspirational quotes and putting them on my refrigerator. Shut up. You are not. <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh my God. <laughs> no. Do you really think I'm that kind of person? <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, if you're reading that book and then there's post-its all over your fridge now. I met someone on the plane. We were just we were just striking up a conversation. It's like, so do you live in Utah? And I was like, yeah. And after we've been talking for like 20 minutes and they were like, you struck me. And I can't even just tell you just how horrible this was. They were like, so do you live in Daybreak? I don't, John, I don't know. I know. And only people who live in Utah are going to get that. But. I looked at this person and I said, I strike you as someone who lives in daybreak? <laughs> and they were like, oh, yeah, huh. Shouldn't have said that. And anybody who lives in daybreak, I'm sure they're lovely, lovely people. It's just sort of this little idyllic pre-manufactured community out, out there. Out, out there? It's I'm... out on the west side. They, they built this community with this stuff. Uh west of sandy okay yeah mm -hmm. so like prefab home like yeah new construction okay. you know and they have the it's you know it's built for families oh, they have these little parks okay. and the grasses you know i mean every piece of grass is fake in utah but like this is really fake grass 
Sorry, I'm really dissing Daybreak. If I have any listeners in Daybreak, I I love you. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I just don't want to live there. Yeah, I was just looking it up actually. Mm-hmm. I think if you look it up, you're going to see people smiling on bikes, riding by houses that look like bungalows but are not bungalows. They were built in 2010. Yeah, that's I no bikes yet, but the bungalow description is pretty spot on. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And they thought you were from Daybreak. They thought I was from Daybreak. Like just randomly? Why would you even pick? I would say, I don't know. That just seems like an odd uh-huh. place to assume. I know. It's very specific. I would, I would say something like, do you live in downtown Salt Lake? Like that yeah. would be where I would start. And then you'd go out from there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Well, I don't, I don't know anyone from Daybreak. No. So I can't really comment. Yeah. But... Um. I'm not making, I'm sorry about the, yeah, it was just very shocking to me that I would come across as that, so. Well, hopefully there aren't any mothers from Daybreak listening to this. Yes. Happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers, even if you're in Daybreak. I apologize for that. I mean, you're wonderful. I just don't want to live there again. Um, Ryan, Ryan, as he, as he edits this episode, will get that for sure. Um. And I wanted to say, actually, I live next to a homeless shelter. Like, I'm around the street. I'm around the corner from a homeless shelter. And Ryan, I live next to Ryan. Have you ever met Ryan? He's cool. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly where that conversation should have gone on the plane. Ryan is cool. I live next to him. But yes, happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Everyone. And I mean, this is only, this is going to be published like four days before mother's day but that means that you still have a few days to you know assess your own love language or your mom's love language and then you know what to get or not get as a gift exactly what is does your mom want the experience or does your mom want the gift does your mom just words of affirmation words of affirmation or just quality time so easy to give Mm -hmm. again i'm biased but who knows and you can reach us as always stories at manicramblings.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at manicramblings. And we would love to hear what your love language is and have you ever run into into, into have you ever into. run into any complications because you didn't want to give a goddamn gift yet again. I mean we have to end this episode with me talking about dick, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and not Dick Cheney or we can go there. <laughs> um no, we won't. I'll stop. You already brought it up again, so. I did. I mean. So we're done. It's plenty. It's plenty. Until next time. More dick. (laughs) No, unload the dishwasher and then you get more dick. Many thanks to Tan Lines for the soundtrack, to Lisa Congdon for the cover art, and to Ryan Coomer for his expertise with the editing stuff. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.